G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If you are serving the Lord, wherever that might be, you are doing a great work for God. You might not be in the limelight. Your work mightn't get much notice at all. But Pastor Greg Laurie urges you to remember who you're serving and to serve Him well. It's all about faithfulness. Faithfulness to what God has called you to do. That's why every day counts, every lap counts, every moment counts. Do it all for the glory of God. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins There have been many great violinists but far fewer famous luthiers, those master craftsmen who made the great violins. Among the few was Antonio Stradivari, and there's not a violinist alive who's never heard of a Stradivarius. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out whether we play an instrument, whether we make an instrument, or we just listen to the instruments. We can all be an instrument in the hand of God, and we'll learn how to serve God with the passion of a Stradivari. of Nehemiah. Let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6. And the title of my message is Don't Give Up. Don't Give Up. And before we dig in, why don't we pray together. Now Father, I know that there are people here today, people that are listening, that maybe are discouraged. They're downhearted. They're overwhelmed. (laughs) Lord, I pray that they'll be encouraged today and that they will realize that they can finish what you've called them to begin because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. So we're asking your blessing now as we open your word and look at the book of Nehemiah. We believe all scripture is given from you. It's breathed from heaven. It's inspired by God. So speak to us through your inspired word. We would ask now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're looking at the book of Nehemiah in this series that we're calling The Rebuilt Life. And we're looking at how the people of Israel returned from their captivity in Babylon and built up the walls of Jerusalem that were lying in charred rubble. And it's been done in 52 days. How did he do it? Simple answer, he kept his eye on the ball. And that brings me to my first point before we read. Point number one, if you're taking notes, don't get sidetracked, stay focused. Again, don't get sidetracked, stay focused. Nehemiah 6, verse 1. Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of the enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. 
but I realized they were plotting to harm me. We'll stop there. So the job's almost done, but not quite. The doors have not yet been hung. Point number two, Satan hits hardest at the beginning and the end. Let me say that again. Satan hits us hardest at the beginning and the end. So there was great opposition when they started to build the wall. And now there's great opposition when the wall is finished and they're getting ready to hang the doors. And it's true in our life. Often the devil hits us hardest at the beginning and end. When you first come to Christ, oh no, you became a Christian. He wants to pull you back down. But then fast forward now. You're coming maybe toward the end of your journey. Maybe you're getting a bit older and the devil says, I want to get you now. Because if I get you now, I can discredit you for all those years you did good for God's glory. And so you don't want that to happen to you. He hits you at the beginning and the end. He's persistent. Look at verse four. Four times they sent the same message and each time I gave the same reply. I'm engaged in a great work so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Point number three, if you're taking notes, take care of your character and God will take care of your reputation. Take care of your character, your personal integrity, and God will take care of your reputation. Now Sanballat challenges the personal motives of Nehemiah. Verse five, the fifth time Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand. And this is what it said. There's a rumor among the surrounding nations and Geshem tells me it's true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel and that's why you're building the wall according to the reports. You plan to be their king. He also reports you've appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you, look, there's a king in Judah. You can be very sure this report will get back to the king. So I suggest you come and talk it over with me. Lynn there. It's interesting, another trick and diversion to get Nehemiah off the wall so they could attack. And this time, it's slander. Now here's the interesting thing. Don't miss this. They were accusing Nehemiah of the very thing they were guilty of. Nehemiah wasn't trying to be the king. He was serving the king. To the point, Nehemiah had been underwritten in this project by the king. He was a close friend and confidant of the king. And the king even sent a bodyguard to protect him. So he was good with the king. But they're saying, oh no, you want to be the king. This is all about you. You're on some kind of an ego trip. They were in effect projecting their sin on Nehemiah. And this is exactly what Jesus was talking about when he spoke of the speck and the beam in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 7 he says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but not consider the beam or the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, oh let me remove the speck from your eye and look there's a plank in your own eye. Let me update that. How can you get the sawdust out of your brother's eye when you have a telephone pole in your eye? That's what Jesus is saying. Now this is really interesting because the word that he uses for speck and for beam or for plank are of the same substance. Meaning that Jesus is saying the reason some people are so adept at finding fault in others is because they're so familiar with it themselves. The very thing they were accusing Nehemiah of doing, they were personally guilty of. 
Well, if you've just joined us here on A New Beginning, today we're looking at the persistence of Nehemiah as Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California presents a message called Don't Give Up. Good encouraging stuff today. Let's continue. Number four, when you come under attack, you need to pray. When you come under attack, you need to pray. Look at Nehemiah's response. Verse six, I sent them this reply. Nothing like what you're saying is happening. You're just making it up out of your head. I love that. That's New Living Translation. That's a good one. You made it up and I have a work to do. That's why I said, if you take care of your character, God will take care of your reputation. So he prayed and he says in verse nine, Lord, strengthen my hands. Now the story takes an interesting twist and a creepy character enters our narrative. He appears to be more spiritual Uh, but he's just as wicked as the others. His name is Shemaiah and he actually was a priest. Because he was a priest, he invited Nehemiah to come visit him and Nehemiah, out of respect, did pay him a visit and it's in verse 10. Later, I came to visit Shemaiah, son of Deliah and grandson of Methabel, for he was confined to his home and he said, let's meet together in the temple of God and bolt the doors shut Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. Wow, this is a very clever strategy because this guy is supposedly a man of God and even a prophet. And he's telling Nehemiah, come to the temple and we'll bolt the doors. There are people that are out to kill you. There are assassins out hunting for you right now. But come here in the temple and you'll be safe. When in reality, the real trap was If Nehemiah went, they would have killed him right there in the temple. Yeah, Shemaiah was a prophet, all right, a false prophet. And Nehemiah was not only hardworking, he also was very discerning, and he understood what this guy was up to. Bringing me to my last point, point number five. We need to finish the work God has called us to do. We need to finish the work God has called us to do. Verse three, So I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. So why should the work cease? Well, I'll leave it and go down to you. I'm not coming down from the wall. God's called me to build this wall. I'm staying on this wall. I'm not going down to Ono. I'm not going to the temple. I'm not going anywhere because I'm doing a great work for God. Listen to this. If you are serving the Lord, wherever that might be, you are doing a great work for God. The people that helped you find a parking spot today at church are doing a great work for God. It's true. The ushers that helped you find a seat to sit in today, they're doing a great work for God. The people that stand on this platform and lead us in worship, they're doing a great work for God. The Sunday school teachers that lovingly and patiently minister to your children while you're down here are doing a great work for God. These people are, that's right, worth clapping for. (laughs) They're not paid to do this. This isn't a job. This is their ministry. They're doing this as unto the Lord, serving you. They're doing a great work for God. The security team that watches over us here to keep us safe, they're doing a great work for God. Every one of them. The folks that are in the back room and people accept Christ and they share with them what it means to be a Christian, they're doing a great work for God. It's all a great work. 
I stand on this stage. I'm doing a great work for God. Now let me say something about that. I'm not doing a greater work for God than someone else. I'm doing my great work for God, you see? So you gotta do your great work for God. So it's not about better, worse, greater, lesser. It's all about faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to what God has called you to do. I'll be judged according to what the Lord called me to do. You'll be judged for the same. So here's my word of encouragement to you today. Find your place in this church so you can start doing your great work for God. There's a place for you to serve. It might be, now you're clapping, you better go sign up for something. Here he's saying. So I mentioned a few things. Maybe one of those things is an area you could help on. But we have so many things we do here in this church each and every day for you to serve, for you to get involved so we can all do our great work for God. But here's the thing you don't know and I don't know. We don't know how long our race is gonna go. So I just take each day and I treat it as though it were my last day. You say, well, Greg, that's good for you. You know, you're getting a little older now so you should be thinking about that. Yeah, okay but I'm young and I've got my whole life in front of me and this doesn't apply to me. Really? When is your life gonna end? Well, long time from now. How do you know that? You don't know where you are in the race. You may think you're at the beginning when in reality you may be toward the end. You may think that you're toward the middle and actually you're more toward the beginning. You have a lot longer to go. That's why every day counts, every lap counts, every moment counts. Do it all for the glory of God. So make each day count. Let me say one last thing about this story and we'll close today. Nehemiah was asked to come down from the wall and he wouldn't do it. But actually, God came down from heaven for us 2,000 years ago. He could have looked down from heaven and said, you know what, earth, this is your problem, you sort it out. But God came down from heaven and at the age of 33, he laid his life down and willingly died on the cross. When he was hanging on the cross, they said, come down from that cross. If you're really the son of God, prove it. Fact is, if he came down from that cross, he couldn't have saved them. So the reason he stayed on that cross was so he could die for their sins. Let me personalize it. So he could die for your sins. And guess what? You have a lot of sins. A lot. More than you may even realize. And so do I. We all do. But Christ died for those sins. He paid the price for those sins and then he rose again from the dead and now he's alive and he's ready to come into any life, any heart. He stands at the door and he knocks and he says if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Would you like Jesus to come into your life today? Would you like to know that you'll go to heaven when you die? You can know this for sure. Not hope it, not think it, know it. He'll come and live inside of you. But you must say, Lord, I open that door. You know I talked about keeping doors shut. Door to your mind, door to your mouth. Here's the door you need to open up wide. The door of your life, of your heart. And say, Jesus, I want you here. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my God. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my friend. I want you to be my counselor. I want you to do the work of my life that you want to do, I invite you in. And if you'll ask him to come in, he will. And he will change your life today for time and eternity. So we're going to close in prayer and I'm going to give you an opportunity
to ask Christ to come into your life. If you haven't done this yet, please do this now. You will not regret it. Let's all bow our heads, everybody praying, Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to this earth to be born in a manger, to die on a cross, to pay for our sins and to rise again from the dead. Now, Lord Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince every person here, every person wherever they are of their need for you and help them to come to you and believe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out the need to come to the Lord to find forgiveness of our sins and the hope of heaven. And if you'd like to follow through and make a change in your relationship with God today, Pastor Greg would love to help you right now. You need to know that you need this. You know, there's a lot of people that don't realize what they need. They're like a drowning person who would think that he could save himself. You need to call out to God for help. In fact, the Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, he will be saved. And I would like to give you an opportunity to call out to the Lord right now and find the salvation that he offers. It's as simple as prayer. I'm going to lead you in a prayer at this very moment. And if you would like to come to Christ, if you would like him to forgive you of your sin and fill the void in your life and give you the hope that when you die, you will go to heaven, pray this prayer with me right now. God, I admit to you today that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sin and I turn from it now. I thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your son, to die on the cross and to shed his blood for me. Now, Jesus, come into my heart and life. Be my Savior, my Lord, my God, and my friend. Fill me with your spirit and help me to love your word and to do what you tell me to do. I want to be your disciple. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed that prayer, we'd love to help you by sending you something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you get started living as a Christian. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-00-5011. Well, next time as Pastor Greg continues our series in the challenging book of Nehemiah, We'll check up on ourselves and see if it's time for a personal spiritual revival. Important insights tomorrow on a new beginning. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Don't Give Up. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1 800 00 50 11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.